Saints.BYUSN. Spring football's here. So which position group are you most interested to watch this month? And I think we all know what my answer is going to be. Of course, it's the kickers. The kickers. That's how we're rolling. <laughs> we're rolling with the kickers. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Wednesday, March 8th. We're 23 days away from BYU TV's live coverage of the spring scrimmage. I'm Dave McCann. He's Brian Logan. Welcome. What did you enjoy most about spring football? <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I would <laughs> say, you know, there's a lot of things. I would say actually having the opportunity to hit somebody. Um, you know, you go through winter, winter conditioning, yeah. which is horrible. Like, it's the worst thing that you can do. You wake up every morning. Like when you're in the gym getting bigger? See, I'm okay with that because there's, there's some benefits there. But running, <laughs> I mean, there's benefits too with, with running and conditioning. But right. this is one of those times as an athlete where you look yourself in the mirror every morning when your alarm clock goes off and you say, how much do I love this game? Do I really love this game? Yeah. That's how bad it is. And so when you transition out of that, and you get to finally hit and do football things. It's a it's a it's a beautiful time. Yeah, I remember Taysom always was always hurt in spring, and he said he never really got a healthy year until he's got with the Saints in the NFL. And so by the time fall camp come around, he's still trying to get his legs back from the last season. Right. I would think spring is vital if you can be healthy, get out on the field. We got a lot of Cougars who are doing that right now. Yeah, it's a, it's an opportunity to to get better, take yeah. advantage of of uh, one, your health, like you said with, with Taysom, but if you are healthy, it's an opportunity to, to spice it up a little bit, spice up your game, um, try new things, yeah. because you know if you go out there and you try something new and it fails, well, it doesn't matter because it's not a real game. So that's, that's an opportunity for spring ball if guys can take advantage of it. All right. Uh, and, and on today's show, uh, we'll talk about the excitement of spring ball and some of its intrigue. Defensive lineman Tyler Batty joins us and would Aaron Rodgers be a good teammate for Zach Wilson? Ooh, and that. is the talk of Big 12 expansion more smoke or fire? Or should BYU allow Utah to, uh, you know, enter into I the Big 12? Utah. That's on your agenda? Yep. That's, 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 <laughs> it is the agenda. <laughs> Let's fire up some headlines, and we start with the headliner, Lauren Gustin. Phenomenal. Names the all-WCC tournament team after her 41 points and 54 rebounds in BYU's three games in Las Vegas. Her 27 rebounds against San Francisco is a new WCC tournament record. And a shout out to Portland who upset Gonzaga to win the championship. Nice. BYU baseball falls on the road 10-9 at Utah Tech. Cooper Vest homered in, in for the Cougars scoring three RBI. Utah Tech won on a walk-off single in the ninth. Cougars hit the road for a series at Creighton this weekend. First game tomorrow at 7 Eastern on the BYU radio app. Got to figure out how to get that bullpen going. Another top 10 finish for men's golf. The 35th ranked Cougars finish number 10 at the Lampkin Invitational in San Diego where there's no snow and it's warm. Be awesome. Zach Jones, BYU's top finisher, tied for seventh place. I still kind of have a bad taste in my mouth for San Diego well San Diego State specifically <laughs> actually never mind I, I forgave and I'm you know what because I forgave I'm here with it's you nice that you've folks. moved on it's great. <laughs> women's golf has a top 10 finish as well the Cougars play six overall at the Julie Ingster Invitational Alicia May Mateo led BYU with a score of two over par swim and dive Mickey Strauss on his way to the NCAA championships after posting a fifth place finish in the men's three meter dive at the zone E championship all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Spring football's here. Practice resumes. Later today on this Wednesday will be the second one. Which position group are you most interested in watching as, as these spring drills roll out? Um, you know, obviously I said the kickers at the beginning of the show, but that was uh, obviously a lie. Um, <laughs> with, with me, you know, I was, I was intrigued with this question because I would normally say the DBs, right? But for me, it's the running backs. And mostly because of, of Miles Davis. I, I know he came on a little bit late in the season, um, got hurt, right? So we didn't really get to see if he was able to be consistent. But we know that, that in Miles Davis, he's a home run guy. Um, I, I kind of I think of him like a Reggie Bush type of guy where he may not be in every single down, but when he does get the ball, when he, when he has the opportunity, um, his, his vision, his shiftiness, and, and his ability to, to make a read, stick his foot in the ground, and then go, um, I, I, I think he could be a big play guy for, for BYU. There's also a couple other guys as well. Um, Aiden Robbins, which you know, I've heard you know, meets the eye test, right? Um, you know, a couple of former players that I talked to recently that, that went to practice said that he just looks like a monster. And he's out. He's sitting out spring. He's got his wrist in a cast from surgery. And then, of course, uh, you got Martin, L.J. Martin, who's still in high school. Yep. Uh, Four-star kid coming. Those two are going to factor in big time in the fall. The other guys, however, Hinkley Rapati made some noise at the end of the season. And, and I'm excited about Hinkley because of how he, how he came on last year. There was times and moments where, where we were like, man, what's up with the running game, right? We, like, we got to get this figured out. And when he came on, he had an explosive, explosive game. And we, I still remember here in the studio, we were scratching our heads. Like, I was like, who is this kid? Where'd he come from? Um, and his, his ability to catch the ball uh, out of the backfield in the screen game. And then when he's in the open field and, and has some linemen in front of him, I mean, Look out! I mean, he's he's he, he has the ability to be another big play guy as well. And clearly, he wasn't in the Boise State scout. Right, right, exactly, you know, exactly. Like fifth string running back and this and that, and handed off to him, throwing that screen pass. He goes fifty some yards for a At, touchdown. We're like, whoa! They they were confused, just like we were confused, <laughs> you know. And um, and and so usually when you, when you think about big plays. At BYU specifically, what do we think about receivers, right? right. Quarterbacks, receivers, most recently um, are athletic or, or running quarterbacks are making the big plays as well. But I think this is the first time in a while that BYU has a, a core group of guys that can get it done, can make those explosive plays, and can be true playmakers. What about Sol J. Mayava Peters, who played quarterback in the New Mexico Bowl, won the yep. game? Uh, we saw him running all over the place. Uh, he's been moved to running back. Yep. So uh, how, how, much, uh, how much attention should we be paying to Sol J? I, I, I like this move because in the, when I was watching him in the bowl game, I was like, this is, this is a running back playing quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I like the game plan, right? Another opportunity to, to get your, your uh, opponent off guard. But you saw what he did in, in his ability to, to take big hits, um, shifty as well. And I would, I would say, you know, A-Rod, he likes to, to do a lot of these trick plays and gadget plays, right? It's another opportunity to put the back in, maybe do some, some a, a flea flicker or, you know, all the crazy type of gadget plays that we've seen. That's just another opportunity, another weapon that the defense has to plan for. So, again, all these guys that we've mentioned, that we've seen so far to this point, big play guys um, and, and, and can make a play, you know, when their number is called. There are a lot of guys who are sitting out from injury, and, and so fall camp will be really intriguing as they 
do legitimate position battles. I'm watching the quarterbacks uh, just because that's such an important position and Keaton Slovis, uh, we, we saw him work out the other day, we listened to him, uh, everyone around him is, is saying the right things. Yep. Uh, Aaron Roderick said it looked like he's been here forever, uh, which is what you want to hear from a new guy coming in because that means he's got some command of the playbook. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and so I'm watching that just because that is the key heading into, into the Big 12. All the positions are important, and you need depth everywhere. But to have a quarterback who's got 34 P5 starts under his belt, uh, P5 opponents he's faced right. under his belt, I just think that's uh, the best thing BYU could ask for going yeah. into their first uh, Big 12 season. So I'm, I, I like him. Uh, Jake Redslev, he's got his tonsils out. He'll be back. <laughs> he's he's going to be interesting. He's the junior college transfer. Uh, number one in the country. He waited, he waited until spring ball. I don't know his, why, but that's just what happened. You know, when you, I, I can attest, coming from a junior college, you know, you, you get insurance, you get medical, you know, yeah. you get, it's a whole new world. Start so to, start to patch up. <laughs> start to patch up, finally. Ryder Burton, the high school kid, Kate Fennigan, uh, who's healthy. And I, I think, and Kalani said it uh, yesterday, they, they, are, they are strong at quarterback. They're advanced at quarterback, more so than, than maybe the other positions on the team. But, but I, I just want to watch Slovis. Uh, hit those receivers and, and get a, the grip on the offense because I, I really believe he's the key for BYU competing into the middle of the Big 12 in their yeah. debut season. And that, that would put them in a, in a bowl game with the biggest payout they, that, that they've ever had in school history. If, you that know, would be the Cheez-It Bowl. If we, could, if we could make it to a bowl game, BYU could make it to a bowl game, I mean, that, that's kind of the standard, right, uh, for every single year. But if they can do that going to, for the first year going to the Big 12, I mean, it would it would be it would be like it would be like making it to the playoffs to me, right? I, I, I would say if BYU made it to a bowl game for the first year in in, in the Big Twelve, I would I'd identify that as hey, we made it to the playoffs. We made it to the playoffs. That, that's what I would say. Twenty three days until the the spring scrimmage on BYU TV. That means there's twenty three days for it to stop snowing, <laughs> warm up, so that that they can get out of the indoor practice facility. And, and onto the grass. And I think that uh, that's not going to happen this week, it yep. doesn't look like, uh, with the kind of winter we've had. But, but to get at the stadium and, and get out there and start throwing it around um, will be a big thing. But, but, hey, back in the day, they didn't even have an indoor practice facility, and so you just had to deal with the storms. Yeah. This is giving BYU a chance to get after it. Yeah, you know, I, I heard you know, from some of the older guys, especially you know, going back on Alumni Day, of how lucky I am um, because when they played and practiced, they didn't have it at an indoor facility. So, um, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I may be lucky, but I probably wouldn't have came here <laughs> if we didn't have it indoor. Um, <laughs> that would so have been the deal breaker. That would, yeah, you that practice would. Outside. You know, a kid, a kid from now. I don't. I, I didn't know how the snow. You know, it, it snows and then three hours later it melts. I didn't know that. Knowing that information, this is this. It's not a problem. But a kid from Cali and coming to Utah and seeing the snow. You know that 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 would that would turn me off. But um, I, I'm blessed. I'm I'm grateful that that we have that and those guys, you know, do um, now as, as well. So, um, you know, we we talked about which 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 group is, you know, exciting for us. But now let's let's move to topic two and talk about which team or which group you're more intrigued with. Intrigued is a is a, is an interesting word. It goes a number of different directions. I like. Uh, um, the notion of so many things about this football team, but the kicking game's a bit of a mystery. And I'm intrigued as to how they replace Jake Oldroyd. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, Old Droid at times was uh, among the best kickers in the country, and as life goes, there were times where, where he struggled. When he struggled at parts last season, we saw the impact it had on the game um, and, and on the approach to the offense. Yeah. So if you get that back to where you've got a kicker that you can trust, uh, then you can worry about all the other things. But There's Cash Peterman, Justin Smith, Will Farron. Uh, one of those guys is going to be the new Jake Oldroyd. Think about it. Jake Oldroyd won Kalani's first game for him way back in 2016. With the cleats, right? With the green cleats. <laughs> At Arizona, I was down there for that, covering it for BYU TV. It was phenomenal. That was so long ago. And now all of a sudden, we, now we have a new kicker. Right. We saw Justin Smith a little bit uh, during the struggles that, that Jake had had. And, and now it's, it's, it's time to sign up somebody new. And and give him the job. And Kalani even mentioned that the other day, saying, um, "I'm curious to see how the kickers are gonna are gonna are gonna pan out." That is such a big position. And I know I know how you feel about kickers. And often on game day, I'm I'm, I'm persecuted for saying, "You know what? The, the kicking game's gonna be big today." <laughs> but it, it is, and you're you right. notice it when you don't have it. You, yeah, you're right. It's it is one of those things where. You, you, you take for granted, and, and when you don't have it and it's not there, you do start to notice it. And it, it reminds me of being of playing corner. Corners that have quiet games are usually good. They're, yeah. they're doing their job, right? Um, and same thing with, with, with kickers. If, if, if the spotlight is all on the kickers 24-7, if the kickers are being talked about in the media, that's not, that's not, a, that's not a good sign. And, and you're right, you know, we, we don't understand how the, the coaching and the, the strategy, the philosophy – you know, at, at each individual drive um, makes a difference when you know you have a solid kicker or, or you don't, right? right? Now, instead of saying, hey, we're in field goal range, um, let's just manage this drive, we're saying, okay, now we got to score, yeah. right? And then I know defensively as well, um, it just, it sucks the life out of you. When, when you. when you go out, you make a stop, your offense drives, and you know, 80 yards, and then you miss a field goal, it's, it's like you, you want, turn around and you're like, who do, I want to kill somebody. Well, you, I, I'm going <laughs> to shake somebody. Think you about know what the mean? Baylor game. Yeah. Baylor game, Old Droid drops, runs out to the field. It's like, well, this game's over. It's going to kick a 37-yard field goal. Right. Win the game. Misses. Twice. Overtime. Here comes a 35-yard field goal. It's like, okay, now the game's over. Misses that. Yeah. And the defense ends up having to win the game, holding uh, Baylor on fourth down uh, as they attack the end zone. And those feelings used to never exist. It was like, it was Jake the Make. Right, right. But Jake the Make's a human being, and he was in a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Uh, when that kicking game is, is shored up, it's like, all right, we're inside the 40. We got three points. Now we yeah. can kind of gamble on some plays yep. because we know we're going to come away with some points. As opposed to down at the five-yard line, it's like, should we go for it? Right. It's, it's, a, it's a luxury. The NFL is dealing with that now, too. Now they, they move the extra point line back. Right. There are kicks going all over the place this last season to where teams were going, you know what? I think our best chance is to get three yards on our own right. uh, and, and, and get for two. Now, all right, what are you most intrigued about? The defense. Um, and, you know, Clearly, the defense struggled last year. Um, I mean, is it the physicality of the defense or the mindset of the defense? The identity. I want to see the identity. Uh, so many times throughout, uh, I would say the last couple of years, we, we've seen uh, the, the defense go into uh, each week with a new game plan. Um, you know, when I, with us, when I played, we ran a 3-4. Our base defense was 3-4, quarter, quarter, half. If anybody asked me what defense I ran, that's what I ran. And... You know, based off of our opponent and who we're playing, you know, we, we would game plan and, and tweak things here and there that would 
put us in situations to be successful, but we weren't coming up with a whole new playbook each and every week, right? Just like how these guys were, were last year and, and for the last couple of years. And, and to, me, to me, my heart goes out to them because how can you, you know, manipulate your style of play within, within the playbook, right, With, within the scheme? Uh, we, we talked about it earlier in the show. Spring ball is an opportunity for veteran guys to go out and say, you know what? I've been doing this and this and this well. Let me try to do this a little bit. Let me see if I could do this. Or let me take, you know, this plan or, or this technique from this guy that I see in the NFL and, and, and implement it here. You can't do that if you don't have a foundation, right? If you don't know what you're doing each and every week, yeah. how can you have that, that extra opportunity to, to, to manipulate and, um, you know, make things your own? And, and so for me, I, I want to see what the identity is. Are, are these guys, um, you know, running a 3-4, a 4-3? Three, three? Are these guys, you know, going to be flying around? You know, something with us in Bronco was always – these guys, it's a physical defense. Yeah. These guys are physical. No matter what, we, they're gr these are grown physical men, right? They're, they're, these are grown men, and they got kids and wives, and they're, and they're going to be physical. That, that was our identity, and, and, and we took pride in that. And at, at the end of the day, we can always, you can always reset. When you're going through some struggles, the highs or lows, you can always reset and say, you know what? The, guys, we're not playing like, like, like we know how to play. This yeah. isn't us. But this right here, this is us. Let's, let's turn things around and play the Smash Mouth football. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, to see that. Um, and, and specifically, is it, is it, is it a 3-4 is it a 4-3 defense? I've, all four new defensive coaches have been here on BYU Sports Nation. They've all talked about this, this attitude. A lot of their guys are out. You know, Justin Enna's top two linebackers aren't participating in drills because they're recovering from, from injuries in Max Tooley and Ben Bywater. So it's like, so well, what can you get done? Right. And he said, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for attitude. I'm looking mm. for the mentality of this team is now practicing as a Big 12 team for the first time ever, right. uh, not as an independent team. Uh, and, and so the mentality of the 10-game grind that's coming up against 10 P5s back-to-back, -back, starting with Arkansas and then into league play, is massive. Yeah, and yeah. so so here's where the attitude starts, and then you get into the summer and all that stuff, but you got Isaiah Banya, Michael Daly, Jackson Cravens, Eddie Heckard, all new faces to the defense. Heckard's this All-American corner from Weber State. Yep. Uh, Banya and Cravens from Boise State up front, and Daly's back from his mission. He's related to David Nixon, so you know he's tough as nails. Right, right. Yeah. And so <laughs> these guys, spring's very important to them because they are adjusting to the newness of, of playing at BYU. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a fun time. It's, 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 it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And you know, I missed last last practice, but I'm there for the rest of the time, it, especially leading up to. The alumni game and, and specifically I'm going to try to ask these coaches maybe ask right now if I could practice with the DBs because I heard who the quarterbacks you know may be so I need to, I need to get in football you shape. Should, you need to get in shape. If the rumors are true you need to get in shape. Oh I know I know I know just, everybody just pray for me. Uh, eighth ranked BYU men's volleyball host number 15th Ohio State Friday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Our question of the day is this which BYU football position group are you most excited or intrigued about this spring at uh, D Chankster on Twitter. It starts in the trenches, OL, O-line, D-line, and then the QB play. Can the line get, stay healthy, and get a lot of reps? Then how can Slovis integrate, and who's pushing him on the depth chart to survive the Big 12? We need depth. Getting a solid 2-3 deep is experience. Uh, of experience is key to uh, competing in the Big 12. All good points 
right there. And um, we invite you to continue weighing in. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as we tackle this topic throughout the day. Coming up, he's part of the uh, SAC attack. Cougar Nation hopes to see a lot of in this first season in the Big 12. Tyler Batty is in studio with us. We're going to ask him about the Jay Hill defense. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Goes down to the backfield, Tyler Batty. Driven back, didn't get it. Dropped in the backfield. Number 92, welcome back to our studio here, Studio B, Dave McCann, Brian Logan, and it is our pleasure with spring football back to have number 92 in studio, Tyler Batty, the big man, feeling healthy, ready to go. Welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. After day one, what are some thoughts? Uh, awesome. Honestly, our first spring ball practice was a lot of fun, uh, high energy, uh, and it's just always good to be back out with the guys, you know, working out and on the field and drilling and all that. So, What is the difference? Uh, practicing as an independent versus now practicing as a member of the Big 12? You know, it's, a, it's, it's different. There's, there's just a little, little twists and changes here and there. I think the biggest thing is uh, guys, you know, realize that, yeah, we're part of something bigger now. We're part of the Big 12. And, and uh, you know, it's on everybody's mind, you know, what's, what's on the table this year. Is, is there some coolness or is it a little fear or a little of both? Um, I, I think for most of us, it's just we're just super excited to be in a conference. You know what I mean? For yeah. the majority of us here, we've never played in a conference. So right, right. So I, I was on uh, a team where we had a new defensive coordinator took over, which is Bronco. Uh, middle of the season, so a little bit different than you guys. But um, the the energy, the vibe, everything changed specifically with a lot of the the second string and the third string guys. I mean, the guys that were injured be, were healthy. Guys, you know, that were running four sixes, they ended up running four threes at practice because there was an opportunity for them to um, come in and, and start because our previous uh, defensive coordinator got let go. So have you seen any, any of that where you've had, you know, the, kind of these practice warriors, what we used to call them, um, that are helping to increase the competition? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think everyone's, you know, with just the, the newness of everything, everyone's picked it up a notch, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, a lot of excitement, there's a lot of unknowns, right? So maybe, maybe, you know, guys are nervous. I think there's definitely some of that. And so, yeah, I would, I would definitely say guys are just, you know, out there competing every day, which is awesome. What's your early take on the Jay Hill defense? What's different about it? Um, uh, you guys, uh, we've heard a lot from Coach Hill already, you know what I mean, on, on his style of calling and just the way he likes to, to play defense. And so uh, it's going to be it's going to be aggressive. You know what I mean? He's he's he, I, I love Coach Hill. You know, he's he's awesome. He's, he's an intense dude. He's aggressive. Uh, and, and I really enjoy that, you know, and so um, it's, it's going to be different. You know, of course, a little bit different scheme. But I think, you know, philosophy, um, you know, his philosophy is a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. So we, we talked um, a little bit earlier about the identity of the defense and, and how, you know, the last couple of years you, you guys were going into weekly matchups, you know, with a new scheme. And I, I thought having somebody like, like Coach Hill would, would come in and kind of lay that foundation and, and provide that identity for you guys. Ha, have, has he talked about that identity 
um, and, and what he wants you guys to be, or, or even, you know, for you guys in, in your group, what, what do you guys want to be known at as going into the Big 12? Yeah, absolutely. Coach Hill has, you know, he has sat down with us and, you know, he just said, hey, we're going to be, you know, fundamentally an assignment sound players, right? As a defense, we're going to be extremely sound. Um, and like I said, you know, aggressive. Yeah. Is that's that I think that's going to be underlying uh, underlying theme to a lot of this is aggressive like like blitzes yeah like blitzing. yeah yeah just just the whole mentality yeah you're gonna see you know you're gonna we're gonna see more blitzes we're gonna see um, different looks uh, that you know we haven't necessarily seen from from a BYU defense in the past couple of years and so um, and then you know as as a D line I think uh, a big thing that you know that us players have talked about is is we just want to emulate, you know, that same thing. We just want to be tough-nosed, you know, violent, just getting after it, aggressive every play, just taking care of business and, and having fun doing it. That's that's kind of the identity, you know, we want as a D-line. You, you guys can uh, choose violence. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. We, we, luckily for us, we can solve our problems with violence, yeah. Tyler Batty's here with us on BYU Sports Nation. Kelly Papinga is back mm -hmm. coaching the rush ends. He is here to help you get to the quarterback more often. You got eight career sacks. I know you want a lot more than that. How can his influence help you and, and some of the newcomers on the ends get to the quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. Again, um, part of that is, you know, the change in philosophy of how, how we approach rushing the passer. Um, and then, of course, Coach Papinga brings a lot to the table, right? He brings a lot of experience uh, to the table. You know, he's put up, he's, he's coached a lot of really good players and, you know, um, it's we're all super excited to have him and so as, as he you know has brought his influence in and kind of you know started to change things up it's definitely um, it's definitely different and again it's going to be a lot more focused on putting hands on that quarterback. When you think of what uh, what Papinga did with Kyle Van Noy and and Ziggy Ansah and that group that came through there that grabs your attention real quick, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at those guys in the NFL and what the what they're doing and what they have done, and so um, to have someone like Coach K-Pop, you know, here, it's we're super excited. I was I was a part of that um, team where he when when Bronco took over, um, he was a, a graduate assistant at the time, and then became um, a coach, and it was not a good feeling for the defense, you know, yelling and um, you know high energy, intense. I mean, at the time, we we hated all the defensive coaches. Um, but looking back at it, you know, we, we appreciate how he was able to motivate us and, and get things turned around. And, uh, you know, one, one of the biggest things that I've, I've themes, I would say, I've heard um, so far from you guys is, is, is change, right? Um, change in mentality, change in philosophy and scheme. Individually, um, what are you doing in regards to, to change to, to, you know, to, to better yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um... As you know, there's a lot of things that go into right. the game of football, right? So mentally, physically, um, you know, I think the biggest things that I'm really looking to change this offseason, right, is just, one, uh, being healthy, staying healthy, getting bigger, faster, stronger. You know, that's the base. And then, of course, um, then it's all the technical stuff, right? So technique playing the run, technique rushing the passer, you know, improving my get-off, you know, is something that I'm, that I'm really uh, looking on looking to improve, right, that first step and all those things that are going to help me be more effective, you know, as a pass rusher and in the run defense. We sat down together for an interview before the East Carolina game last year. The team had lost three straight, really struggling. Uh, even some former guys had come in to kind of rally the troops. 
And you had emerged as its leader through the course of the season, and that's why we sat down. And, and you too wanted you wanted more heart from the guys. And you played with more heart against East Carolina. They won in the last few seconds. And then you went on to win four games in the, in the bowl game and finished the year with, with some momentum. Uh, now you start fresh, but you're still the leader, the emotional leader. What ways do you look to, to influence the others and, and, and help them go, hey, we play for something a little bit more here. You've got to have your physicality, but you've got to have your heart in it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, w I would just say um, we have a really good group of guys right on the team and, and they're the hardest workers you're going to find. You know, they really are. And so uh, just I love, you know, how the guys have bought in, um, how we've all bought in collectively, you know, to a new staff. That's a tricky that's a tricky change. Right. Guys, you know, have been here for three or four years like myself yeah. with the staff. And then all of a sudden, I mean, again, you know how it is. It's all of a sudden new staff and new coaches and uh, just seeing the way guys have bought in um, to the things we're doing now has been awesome uh, because, you know, when the season rolls around, that's that's what we're going to need is we're going to need that buy-in. We're going to need that effort. And like you said, that heart, you know, when we get into some tough games this fall, which we definitely will. Yeah. 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 You know how we bought in? Um, sprints. And, <laughs> and, and we, when we do the sprints right, um, how we would get guys to buy in is, is going over and slapping them on the helmet. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to see you guys um, from day one, um, you know, have that, that chemistry to where, you know, you don't have to go and slap people upside the helmet. Um, they, could, they could follow leaders, you know, like yourself. Um, and, and, you know, something that, that really uh, is, is always intriguing for me, especially with, with BYU and, and the strength and conditioning program, you know, there's also new faces there. Um, what's what's that change been like? Because I, I said earlier in the show, this is probably so fall camp and then uh, winter conditioning is the worst time for an athlete because of the, the pain that you go through mentally and physically. Lilo had that experience. <laughs> I, I, I will I will speak for ninety five percent of athletes, um, especially at, at BYU, right? So so how's that experience been like? Uh, honestly, it's been again just different, but it's been awesome. You know, with the new with the new strength staff, you know, they've came in and and really focused on what we need to be doing better, right? And so it's like, first thing, you know, the best ability is availability. We need our guys healthy, right? We need to be healthy. Um, and then of course, okay, we need to be explosive. We need to be fast. Uh, we need to be strong. And so that's kind of the foundation that they've laid as a new strength staff of just, well, these these are the things we're committed to doing. And, and, and what's been awesome is they are just, they're, they're looking, at every possibility of how we can gain an advantage. And that's, and that's been really cool. And you know, they've been a great example of just how to get better. All right, last question for you, Tyler. You went against Zach Wilson in practice. You went against Jaron Hall in practice. What is your early assessment of Keaton Slovis? He's a good quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, he's a good Meaning... quarterback. He's smart. So, I, I mean, at the quarterback position, right, you have to be smart. And he, he's smart. He understands football. Um, he understands defenses. And, and he, you know, he's, he's gotten into our offensive scheme really quickly, um, you know, and settled in. And, and so. Uh, How about the arm? And he can throw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, can, he can throw. So, um, yeah, Keaton's awesome. It's been great to get to know him. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited for our offense as well and what they're going to be able to do this year with him. Well, we know you have practice this afternoon. Indeed. Stay healthy. We'll see you at the scrimmage here in a few weeks. And uh, we hope the snow gets out of here so you can get on the field instead of the indoor turf. But uh, uh, you're a great example to the others, and you are a leader, and you, and you play with heart. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. The pride of Payson High School, Tyler Batty.
Right. Good to have you here. BYU baseball begins a three-game series at Creighton tomorrow. Listen to game one at 9 Eastern on the BYU radio app. How about we start that off with a win? Yep. It's the Blue Jays. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Is that a good thing for Zach Wilson? Absolutely. We'll debate as we roll on here on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, Snapchat. <laughs> Got him all. He's Brian, I'm Dave. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it, shall we? Best part of the show. The Cougar Whip Arounds presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The New York Jets have met with Aaron Rodgers and are discussing a potential trade with the Green Bay Packers. Would that be a good, bad, or ugly move for Zach Wilson's future? I think it'd be good. We know they're already friends. They kind of bonded during the preseason a couple seasons ago. Right. Rodgers has always had good things to say about Zach. Zach could learn a lot from a, a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, and might just give, to put all the pressure on Rodgers, and you know how great Jets fans are, but it might just give Zach a chance to take a breath, watch and learn, uh, as opposed to just going out and doing it from the start, yeah. uh, which, which he struggled with, uh, and allows him to reboot a little bit. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, Jets fans will think they're going to the Super Bowl, <laughs> but Zach Wilson can look at that and go, you know what, I'm gonna be able to make it, because right. now I got someone to, to guide me and show me the way. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, you look at Aaron Rodgers and, and his career, right, who he sat behind Brett Favre for a little bit, and um, you know, you, you, you learn the game, but you also learn how to be a professional off the field as well, how to conduct yourself, how to, how to work, right? You get those insights that you don't really, you know, learn, um, you know, being a starter and being thrown into the fire. So, and, and yeah, at, at the end of the day, um, as a quarterback, especially for the Jets, you just want to make the roster. I just right? don't even know why Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets. That's a whole nother, another thing. Lauren Gustin was named to the WCC All-Tournament team. She had over 500 points and 500 rebounds this season, the first in all of college basketball this year, men or women. Will she repeat 500 and 500 next year in the Big 12? That would be 1,000 and 1,000 in two seasons. That would be crazy. Look, I'll, I'll say this from my own experience. Whenever I played Oklahoma, Florida State, I, I throw Utah in there as well, TCU, um, you know, bowl games when, when I play Oregon State. It was a different type of athlete that I went up against compared to the Mountain West, right? Right. Everybody was bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, and so it, the games were more challenging. It, it was tougher to, to get, you know, to, to make plays. All my interceptions and my, my big time plays, my tackle for losses, Wyoming, New Mexico <laughs> State. You know, I gave up a couple of touchdowns against TCU, Florida State, you know what I'm saying? So that's the type of competition she's gonna be facing week in and week out. It'll be, it'll be tough for her. However, her work ethic, I, I think will allow her to compete. Maybe not at that level, but still at a, at a high level. It'll be fun to see. Um, a lot has been made on BYU Twitter in the last week about the Cougars entering the Big 12 uh, with the largest arena in the conference. How many wins is that worth? I think it's worth two or three in the first year. Everyone's got to come here. It's hard to play here. Yep. Uh, Gonzaga played here 12 times, and they had a hard time in a lot of those games. And they were number two, number three in the country. They right. were big 12 type teams coming in. Uh, and so even after six or seven years, they'd still come here. Like this last season, 
and we're lucky to get out of here with a win. So I, I, I like the Marriott Center uh, as a surprise to these teams. These teams are coming in stocked. They're, they're good. They're top 20, all that stuff. So I think two or three, but down the road, the Marriott Center can become the, the most feared venue yeah. in, uh, in the Big 12. Kansas is a historic venue against McDonald All-American players, right, right, all right? right? So you go to Kansas, it's all this stuff, and you're playing the best. Right. When BYU rebuilds its roster to Big 12 quality, and that's gonna take a little while, and the Marriott Center, yeah. that's a winning combination. And you know what, too? The elevation, the lungs. We forget about that part, right? Yeah. So yeah. now it's, as an athlete- Throw it all in there. As and an athlete, I am worried about the noise, and I'm worried about breathing. And the rock. Which, which Don't forget the rock. The, the rock, rock they, they, they rock. The Big 12 <laughs> introduces a Big 12 basketball anthem for the conference tournament. The anthem is a track called No Nights Off by artist PL. What would the anthem be for BYU going into the Big 12? For me, it's, it started from the bottom by Drake. And, and the, the words, <laughs> somebody laughed. <laughs> she, she gets it. Um, it, it. These are the lyrics. Started from the bottom, and now we're here. And the song you know, goes on, but it makes sense. Um, when you're independent, right? Aside from, from Notre Dame, but usually when you're independent compared to being in the conference, you know, you, you're, you have some type of family, some type of recognition, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and by not being uh, uh, in a conference, you know, you, you kind of start from the bottom. So we, we surpassed all of the other G5s and, and went to the top. So, yeah, shout out to, to Drake, who is my second favorite Canadian. Yeah, my anthem's going to be Help by the Beatles. Never heard, of, never heard that. We need some. <laughs> I have heard that. You have That's heard. a good one. <laughs> That's my answer going to the Big 12. When you're going into the toughest conference in America, you need some help. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's staring at the Cougars in, in November, just around the corner. Coming up, is it smoke or is it fire? All this Big 12 expansion discussion at the expense of the Pac-12. We discuss what BYU Sports Nation rolls on. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Dave McCann, Brian Logan, good to have you with us. There's a topic that's been a buzz for some time, but now it seems to be gaining traction, especially with the national writers. Um, do you feel that there's more smoke or actual fire to the recent rounds of Big 12 expansion talk at the cost of the Pac-12? Fire. What do, what do you think? Fire. Fire. Yeah. Like, not smoke. Like, grab your kids, grab your wife, <laughs> everybody, get out, get out. I, I, I think it's, I think it is. And, you know, what's, what's interesting, the last time we had this announcement um, of an alliance, of a conference alliance, what happened? Two teams ended up leaving, right? Yeah. Um, two teams ended up leaving from that alliance. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had the same similar type of announcement of alliance between uh, the, the, the remaining members of the Pac-12 saying, we staying together, we staying strong. And then what happened slowly after that, started hearing the rumors. So every time I see or hear an alliance, I'm thinking, you know what, it's, it's not good. It's time to get out. This is, so the alliance and, and coming out to social media, that's the smoke. It seems like you, you put out a statement that nobody's leaving after you're not sure if everyone's staying. So you ask everybody, guys, let's, are we all staying? <laughs> 
<laughs> so I can put out a statement saying we're all staying. Uh, and, and so that happens, but USC and UCLA broke the, the mold. Yeah. One, um, I don't know if you can trust anybody anymore, yep. uh, especially in, in the ACC, where you've got Florida State and others looking out for their best interests, trying to figure out how to get out of this enormous land rights deal. Yeah. To, and, and then over here in the Pac-12, um, can Washington and Oregon ever be trusted because they trusted USC and UCLA and they bolted on them. Right. Um, and they want to go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten's not inviting them yet. Uh, but, but the fact that they want to go makes it hard for you to go, but so you're going to stay? Right. Well, we're going to stay right up until we get asked to go. <laughs> and I don't know how you do a deal there. Apparently that they're having a hard time getting their TV deal done together because I don't know how you, how you package a four or five year plan yeah. when you don't know if after next year the top dogs in your league are even going to be there because yeah. they've already told you they want to go right right and that's i think that's the issue and why it's 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 it is fire at this point because there's there's so many so much uncertainty um base everything obviously is going to come down to that contract and what what i see is if if oregon and washington if they don't like that contract well we're hearing reports that they can go to the they're willing to go to the Big Ten and take less money. Obviously, that would make sense if that new contract is going to be less than what they would make less um, at the in the Big Ten. Right. It, it's a it's a no brainer. And so then from a from a um, provider standpoint, so if I'm Amazon or from Apple, I don't I don't know if I want to put up that much money because Washington and, and Oregon may leave. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm, I'm left with. Um, you know, less of, a, of an appeal, appealing product um, than, I, than I was to begin with. Um, and so I think that's why you see Colorado, um, Utah, uh, or um, uh, Arizona, Arizona State saying, you know what, we got to start looking out for ourselves. Because no one else is looking. No, no one in the Pac-12 cares what Arizona thinks. No. At least I think that's what Arizona feels. Right. And Arizona State's been down for a little bit, and who knows their thing. And Colorado should have never left the Big right. 12 anyway, but... But they're, they're there, and, and I think Utah is the odd team out because the Big 12 commissioner wants land. Yeah. He doesn't, well, he want, doesn't want two teams in the same land. He wants land, right. and he wants a time zone. And that doesn't add up for Utah. If I'm Utah, I'm completely nervous about yeah. what's going down. Maybe it'll shake out, and, and everyone wins, and you come out ahead. But, but right now, it, it could be uh, a glorified Mountain West conference if Oregon and Washington go elsewhere and the Arizona schools in Colorado go to the Big 12. Can you um, imagine that? They, you know what's going to happen? They're going to go independent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know someone who's done that. It worked out in the long run. But I think they're in a, they're in a tough spot, yeah. and, and, and all they can do, they have no leverage in that league. All, yeah. they have to do, all they can do is wait and see what Oregon and Washington decide what's best for everybody. But I like what, what the Big 12 is doing in that uh, it's, it's solidified. It's going to lose Texas and Oklahoma. That's yeah. huge. Right. That's like losing... USC and, and UCLA. We, we all get that. But the core stays in place with the addition of the four teams, including BYU. Yeah. Uh, and now it's, uh, I think Gonzaga is still very much on the table for the Big 12 to bring them in for basketball. Now they're talking about bringing Villanova in for basketball and Gonzaga, maybe a couple other schools, and doing a separate deal. Here's our basketball contract. Here's our football contract. And in the long run, basketball is a tough. They could have their own national tournament in the yeah, Big 12. Yeah, yeah. They could do that, and now, now there's double the money. Yeah, and, and, and this, is, this is the type of, of innovative thinking that um, 
you know, college programs that they, that they need from a, from a leadership standpoint. You know, th things have been going a certain way for so long, and, and now that you have technology, you, you have more viewership than, than ever and, and more eyeballs and, and opportunities of, of more eyeballs on the product. Um, Having, having ways and, and ideas to, to be innovative and, and think outside the box to you know, make the product more appealing, but also um, you know, make money for the, the programs. I mean, this, this is what the Big 12 is, is doing right now. Um, yeah, the, the SEC, by default, they have, they have the best product, right? You can say that with the Big 10 as well, but when it comes to At the leadership- the upper teams. Right, right, the upper teams, right. But when it comes to the, the leadership, you know, does the SEC, if you have a good product, do you really, and if you're the number one, you know, if you're macho, man, do you really have to do too much, you know, to, to you just got to maintain. Yeah. Um, and so we, we saw what, what happened and it's what's happening to the Pac-12 if, if you stay stagnant, if you don't have new ideas and new ways of thinking, eventually, you know, you start to crumble. So I'm, I'm happy that BYU is in a situation where, you know, they have a, a leader in, in leadership that, is always thinking, you know, forward thinking, being innovative, and being creative. When Brett Yarmark was here for the Baylor game, and he sat down on our game day set, and we had the rock behind us, uh, perfect weather, sold out stadium, yep. uh, national showdown, the Bears ranked ninth, I think, yep. uh, coming into that, and he looked around, and the mountains were there, and he just said, wow. Mm -hmm. He goes, this is, this is the big time for a guy coming from big time right. entertainment, the yeah. industry. He's come to Provo, Utah. I looked around going, wait a sec. This mm -hmm. is this is the future of the Big 12. Yep. This addition. And he went to Houston and Cincinnati and Central Florida. But we had him uh, uh, yeah, with the away. microphone under his chin and, and talking about BYU in that setting. And um, and, it, and he was he was impressed. Yeah. And 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 BYU is you know is is is, an, is seen as an asset to him, not a well we got a we got a mountain school. Right. Right. Uh, but he had to come here to see it and watch his expression, and then to see what he's going, he's going, you know, I want more. I want another time zone. Yeah. I want, hey, why not Why not we get Gonzaga? And then we got Gonzaga, Kansas, Arizona, and everybody else in the same basketball league. Yeah. That's insane. It is. So why not do it if you can? And, and that yeah. seems to be what he's got going on. But it feels like there's something imminent, yeah. especially this month. It feels like the future of the Pac-12, the Big 12, even the ACC is riding on this yeah. month with all the noise that yeah. we're hearing. Well, once that, the, the announcement of the, the contract, once that drops next week, thang, things, things will get interesting, yeah. right? And, and I'm, I, I'm trying to keep that PG, you know, that comment PG interesting. Thank you. It, it's you, a family you, show. You're welcome. You know, <laughs> just, just, just trying to, you know, uh, play, my, play my role. Uh, if you miss any interviews, shows, or games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all of the BYU TV sports content on demand. Up next, our rise and shout out to the women of BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day is this. Which BYU football position group are you most excited or intrigued about for spring practice? 
Doug Heath on Twitter, strength and conditioning coach is the most important position battle. <laughs> Getting bigger, faster, stronger, right? I like that. I In response, like that. our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Caleb J. McKay on Instagram, I feel like we know we'll have quality at the skill position, so I'm excited to hear how the offensive line and defensive line start gelling together. There are a lot of potential and lots of question marks in the trenches, which is why you have spring ball. That's a right? good point. That's where it starts. All good trenches. points. Today's Rise and Shout presented by Mountain America Credit Union, official credit union of BYU Athletics on this International Women's Day. We honor all the female BYU athletes and coaches past and present. BYU home to one of the strongest groups of women's sports teams in the country, including national champions to nationally ranked programs, which we document every day on this program. Female athletes are crucial to the overall success of BYU's athletic programs. Future very bright, and we're eager to continue supporting our female athletes as the Cougars march into the Big 12. We've commented many times that, that the women's sports are ahead yeah. of the men in getting Big 12 ready. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and you know, I say this all the time, my, my, four, my favorite um, sports team is um, uh, uh, the Cougarettes. Yeah. <laughs> they know. won more national championships than anybody. I, like, I just like winning. I like winning, <laughs> and they win. So, yeah, shout out to them. Favorite team's the team that's ahead. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, how about Tyler Batty? He said he's healthier now than he's ever been in his life getting ready to play defensive end of the Big 12. Music's in my ears as a, as a former player. Uh, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This is and all of our shows on On Demand on BYUSN.com. For Brian Logan, I'm Dave McKen. Shout out to Steve Craig. See you tomorrow. Go Cougs. Hi, Dennis. I love you. <laughs>